So I hope you guys all had a fantastic uh, Independence Day. Come on, everybody had a good one? Awesome, awesome. Our family had a little getaway, and we took off a, a spontaneous trip. How many of you love a good spontaneous trip? And everything on the trip was spontaneous, and I love that. I love spont—I I just love those kinds of trips. And I want to start out today telling you a little story about what happened on the 4th of July. Um, because this year, I did something uh, that was a little bold. We ziplined in the mountains. Yeah, and so uh, we thought it was a great idea until my kid said, Dad, you're going to do it, right? <laughs> of course I am. And so uh, so if you've ever ziplined before, I've done it before over a lake, and it wasn't a big deal. It's basically some handlebars from a bike attached to a pulley on a, on a cable. You know what I'm saying? If you let go, you're, you're all right. You're just going in the water. But this was over rocks. And so if you let go, it's not good. And so I was a little nervous about that. So they're strapping you in. They got the safety harness. I knew when we were wearing a helmet, it was for real. <laughs> you know, the last time I ziplined, there was no helmet. I mean, I was, it was just swim trunks. That's it. Now it's like safety harness. There's this strap. There's that strap. There's the helmet, the whole thing. And so uh, basically they said, all you have to do is sit in it, hold your hands like this, and enjoy the ride. There's a lot more to it than that. And so uh, Judah went first, uh, and so he made it look like it was nothing, like he wasn't scared. And then Elijah went. Elijah was a little nervous. He's a little nervous. He's smiling because he knows he was a little nervous. And then Ella Pearl, who's turning 10, uh, she turned 10 on uh, Friday. She, we, that's the one we were worried about. And she just jumped right off that platform like it was nobody's been to zip down. And she's like, that was fun. And then it was me. I'm left. I'm the last one. And all I'm thinking is if I don't go, <laughs> my kids are going to talk about this. They're going to tell you, and then you're going to pick on me. And I didn't want to get picked on. So I went. I went for it. And that was okay, that first one, until you got to the platform that you landed on. And that platform, the whole thing was moving. Like it was one pole with this platform built all around. I'm telling you, it was shaky. It was like, oh, keep me strapped in because I feel like this pole's about to go. And so, uh, you ever tried to do something when you were nervous that you were shaking so much you couldn't do it? So there was this C-clamp thing that went around the cable that had to go through this little track that I had to pull around. And I was literally like trying to move this thing around. Not because, I was just afraid the platform was gonna go down. That's all I was thinking. I wasn't worried about everything else. The zip line, I've already done that. The platform, though, I, I just wasn't sure about. And so I'm shaking, getting it around. And I really couldn't wait to get back on the zip line to get off of the platform. And finally, it ended. And when I came down off of there, I'm telling you, my hands were just, I was just shaking. But I did it. We made it. I'm still alive. And then we went kayaking in the mountains. That was awesome. And then we came home yesterday. And here we are today. Today, we're going to carry on with our message series, Living Life to the fullest, and I want to go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. I think I told you that story because it's going to be relevant to the message today. Um, John chapter 5, verse 1, living life to the fullest. If you're in your Bible, there's going to be a verse in there, verse 4, that's not going to show up. But in the original manuscripts, it's there. And so we put it on the screen for you to follow along. And there's a whole lot of explanation for that. And for time's sake, we won't get into it. John chapter 5, verse 1. 
It says, afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And so if you can imagine, it's a pool and all around it, there's these porches. There's five of them around there. Okay, And uh, crowds of sick people, the blind, lame or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Watch this. Waiting for a certain movement of the water for an angel of the Lord came from time to time and stirred up the water now that's interesting and the first person to step in after water was stirred was healed of whatever disease he had and one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years and when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time he asked him would you like to get well Watch his reply in verse 7. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day, for this time that we are gathered together to worship you, to hear from your word. I pray that our ears would be open to hear what you want to say. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive it. And so, Lord, I just thank you that your presence is already here. We acknowledge it. And I pray that here in your presence that we will be changed. Not just our minds changed, but our lives changed. Our hearts changed. Our sicknesses healed our issues redeemed. Lord, we know that you can do it. So we lean and we trust in you and we open our hearts to it today. Lord, help me to speak this message the way you want it spoken. Thank you for anointing me. Use me today to be your vessel in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me recap a little bit for you here in this series that we're in, Living Life to the Fullest. Week one, if you remember, we brought a table up here. We poured boiled crawfish on it, and we invited you to come and eat at the table. And when we're talking about living life to the fullest, I want you to know that God has invited you to live life to the fullest. In fact, he has a seat at his table for you. It's not all occupied. The table, the seats at the table are open for you. And the first thing that we wanted you to know is that you are invited by God to live life to the fullest. In week two, the title of the message was, If I Had Known. And we begin to dig in and talk about seeing God for who he really is. If we really knew who God was, we would trust him in all the ways that he is. If we had only known that God was a healer, if we had only known that God was a redeemer, if we had only known that God could turn it around, we would have called on him. And so getting to know him helps set us in the, in the position to receive the life that he has for us. And then in week three, we dove into uh, God's word, talking about what his word says about him, what he said, the promises that he has for us, and that God isn't just holding out on the life that he has promised for you. He's already spoken it. He's already given it to you. It's just a matter of us believing it, receiving it, making the changes necessary, and walking out in it. And so that was in week three. Uh, and then last week, Pastor Joey did a fantastic job. Come on, can we put our hands together? Joey, talking about the grace of God, he made a good distinction between
between what the Bible, where the law was given to Moses and how it really put us in the position to see what was wrong. That's what it did. It helped us see what was wrong, but it didn't help us get right. It just pointed out this is a sin. Lying is a sin. Stealing is a sin. But it didn't really offer us any kind of redemption or any kind of hope until Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus is that truth and grace, the truth that sets us free, the grace that helps us to live it out. And Joey, I thought, did a fantastic job. He entitled the message, You Can Have It. You can have the grace of God. You can have the life that God has promised for you. And today, I want to speak a message entitled to you, What's Holding You Back? What's holding you back? I think you're going to be glad that you came today, that you left the beach early because there's bacteria in the water and in the sand, or so all the outlets in the north keep saying that. I don't know what they're saying down here, but everywhere other than here, they're saying there's bacteria in the sand and the water, but people are still going swimming. Anyway, because that's what we do. Am I right? Looking at John chapter 5, it's the story of this sick man. And we're not really clear of his diagnosis. They describe the kind of people that are there. They're letting us know that there are lame people, there are blind people, and there are paralyzed people. And we're not sure what the diagnosis of this man is. But it is obvious that he needed help getting around because he said, I had no one to help me to get in. Maybe he was blind and he couldn't see exactly where it was. Maybe he was paralyzed and he he just couldn't move from the waist down. Maybe he was lame. He just couldn't move quick enough to get in the water. But what we do see here is that this man has been waiting around at this pool for 38 years. Now, some of you have not even 38 years old, and I need you to know 38 goes fast, but it also goes slow. 38 years is quite a while to be sitting and waiting on a miracle. It's a long time that this man is waiting here, and he's waiting on this event to occur. He's waiting for, now I need you to hear this and, and, and realize the faith that this man really has. He is waiting on an, this event where an angel will come down and stir the water. Now some of you, you hear that and you just think that's just ridiculous. Well, if you've ever been in a situation where you were that ill and you've been waiting that long, you will try anything. Because your desperation level has brought you to the point that whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it if it means a miracle is going to happen in my life. And obviously this man is at the point in his life where he just believes, hey, this is my chance. This is all I know that it's going to work. So I'm going to camp out right there. I don't know how I'm going to get in the pool when the water is stirred. If he's blind, can you imagine? I'll, I'll listen for a splash or maybe I'll hear people moving around. I'm not sure, but all I know is I'm a stick around there and I'm going to get a miracle. I I just want to give a shout out to people who just stick around while they're waiting. Amen. Who just believe God so much that even though it's not happened, they say, I'm just going to stay right there because I know God's got something in store for me. That's the kind of faith that leads to faithfulness. Amen. And, And so in this story, you can really look at this thing from a lot of different angles, but I'm really impressed with the fact that he was willing to stick with it for that long. And for 38 years, That's quite some time, and he was waiting on this event because he believes that if he can experience this event, this is what's going to change his life. Watch, let me say it like this. This is what's going to help him live life to the fullest. Because at this point, he's not living life to the fullest. 
He's limited. There are boundaries on what he can do, where he can go. And so he is literally being held back. But he really believes that this event is going to change his life. And it's going to help him live life to the fullest. Now, it seems to me like there are a lot of people who are waiting on an event to change their life. Let me present it this way. They're waiting for their big break at work. They're waiting for that special someone to come along, and if they marry them, it's going to change their life, and all the married people would say, yes, it will. (laughs) They can't wait to have that child, that event, it's going to change, no doubt it's going to change your life. There are other things that people are waiting for, big events. There are people who played Powerball this week, and they are waiting on that event to change their life. I mean, it's, it's true. It's serious. There are other people that are participating in different things, believing that it, this, this one event is going to change their life. People who are waiting on a big check to come in the mail, they just believe that when that check finally comes, it's going to change my life. And if and when it comes, it will change your life. But what if it never comes? Like, what if it never comes? I used to tease Cynthia all the time. I, she's like, why do you always want to go check the mail? I said, because there's going to be a $1,000 check in there. She's like, you're so funny. I was like, trust me, the day is coming where there's going to be a $1,000 check in the mail. And she's like, this is just ridiculous. And I'll never forget it. We were living in, what was it, uh, Whispering Oaks. That was the name of our subdivision. And uh, got home before her. I checked the mail. And there was a card in there. And there was a dear lady at our church that wrote us a card and wrote a $1,000 check. So let me tell you what I did. I did not go inside. No, no way. Because I knew she was coming. And so we had one of those pull in the driveway, and there was a carport in the back of the house. And I just waited on the carport. And I had the envelope right there ready to go, and we had a little park bench, and I was sitting there waiting for her. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, the day has come. (laughs) She's like, what are you talking about? And I just handed her the envelope. I said, open it. (laughs) Open it now. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, open the envelope. And what was in there? A check for $1,000. It was a good day. So I told her the next one will be $10,000. She told me I'm crazy. And I need you to know, one time there was a man at church that shook my hand. And in that hand that he shook, he placed a check. And I didn't look at it because, you know, when you're in front of people, you got to be smooth. If you check it, it means you, you were wanting it. You can, like, overcompensate and ruin the moment. you got to be smooth, okay? Some of you guys can use a lesson in being smooth, okay? Because you would just say, oh, and you make a scene and then expose everybody, okay? So he handed it to me, and I just kind of, I had a coat on. It was at a Christmas party. I had on a, a, a brown coat with a nice blue and brown striped shirt. It was really a sharp outfit. And I just tucked it tucked it in the, the, the pocket on the inside of the jacket, went on about my business and had the party. And uh, when I got home, I forgot about it. I know, right? That could be scary. The next morning I woke up and I remember, oh, wait a minute. There's a check in the pocket of my jacket. And so I went open up the jacket and I pulled out the check and I said, hey, wake up. It was early. She don't wake up early. Wake up. 
It's like 7 a.m. early on a Saturday morning, and she don't wake up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I'm like, wake up. She's like, leave me alone. Wake up. Something has happened here. She's like, what are you talking about? We got to check. For what? Well, it's not really for us. It's for the youth group, but we got to check. <laughs> okay, let me sleep. Tell me later. No, it's $10,000. What you want? <laughs> wake up. Anyway, so you know what the next amount is, huh? Hundred grand, hundred grand. All right. Anyway, if you need an address, see me after church. <laughs> anyway, seems like people are waiting on that big event to change their life. You know, there's these stories of these people that win the lottery, and uh. You know, you think when they win it, it's going to be the best life ever. And so I was looking up people who won the lottery. And it's story after story after story of how this event ruined their life. Um, this one guy, this is way back in 1989. It's like when the lottery really started coming on the scene. This guy, his name is Willie Hurt. I don't know him. I assumed you didn't know him. That's why I used his full name. Um, he won $3.1 in the lottery, which now, if you win 3.1, that's like a scratch-off. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that ain't Powerball. That's a weak ball. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not advertising the lottery. In fact, I do not encourage it. I, I think it's just, yeah. Anyway, $3.1 in the lottery. Two years later, this, this happened in the course of two years. He and his wife divorced. He lost custody of his children, was arrested by police for attempted murder, and he developed a crack cocaine habit that sucked away every last dollar that he had within two years. Can you imagine, though, the day he won? My life is going to be incredible. Because he just thought this event was going to change everything. We wait. We're searching for an event or a big break. When really, we need to be seeking God. We need to be looking for Jesus. And this man, he's no different. He, would, he had been waiting there for 38 years, and thank God he was waiting on a miracle. But he thought an event was going to change everything for him. And I do have a feeling that there are people in this room that are waiting on an event to change their life. That when this occurs, everything is going to get better. And you can fill in the blank of what that event may be, whatever it is that you are waiting on. And I can't stand up here today and promise you that that event is going to change your life so that you live life to the fullest. It may change your life, but it may not mean living life to the fullest. It may mean a change that you didn't expect. I know of people that have taken on different jobs and they thought that job was going to be life-changing, that it was going to provide for their needs, only to find out that that job took every last second of their life away from them. And all the life they were working so hard to build, they were losing it because it consumed them. But they were so certain whenever they took the job that because it paid so much and all the benefits were so grand that this was the break. This was the thing that they finally needed that was going to allow them to do everything they always wanted to do. The only, the only thing that happened, though, was they were not able to do all the things they always wanted to do because that person was no longer available. 
But it was an event that changed their life. It's much like whenever, whenever a person gets married. They really go into the marriage believing that this is going to be the most incredible thing that has ever happened to me. And it really is the most incredible event other than giving your life to Jesus. But I need you to know that it is going to take some work. And it is going to stretch you. It's going to challenge you. And I will say it this way. It's going to bring out the best in you. It's going to bring out the worst in you. Can I hear an amen? And then when you have children, as great as they are and as adorable as they are in the pics at 3 o'clock in the morning when they're first born and they're screaming for whatever reason in the world, which we are not sure why they're always screaming other than a dirty diaper or they're hungry or they just want some attention, they will test you. And the blessing of God can turn into other things in the middle of the night. So all of these events, as great as they are, they also present a challenge. And I'm saying that because if you're waiting on an event to occur, you could be waiting on something you didn't know that was about to happen, both good and challenging. Can we say it that way? So it doesn't sound so bad, something good and challenging. And so it could be challenging, and this man right here, while he's, while he's waiting on this event to occur, while he's waiting for this big break, Jesus shows up in his life, and, he, and Jesus, understand, he represents living life to the fullest, because he said, I have come that you, have made, that you may have life and life more abundantly. So Jesus is the person that gives that life. And Jesus asks him this question, would you like to get well? Now, Jesus is asking the man who's waiting on the event, do you want to get well? And if I'm the guy waiting, I'm like, oh, hey, Captain Obvious, listen, I've been waiting here for 38 years for something to happen in my life. Obviously, I want to get well. But I think the way that Jesus is asking it, it's not so much of, hey, do you want to be healed? But do you really, really want your life changed? Because it could be that you are so focused on, watch this, on an event that will occur, that will change everything in your life, that you might be missing, and I'm going to put it in Jesus' terms, you might be missing me that can change it. So Jesus says, would you like to get well? Now, what's interesting is the man doesn't recognize Jesus. Now, I have to be convinced that by now, this man had to have heard about Jesus. Because Jesus shows up on the scene. He's doing miracles. He is stirring up all the politicians. He is stirring up all the religious people. I need you to know, when Jesus is on the scene, people know about it. I'm telling you, people know about it. They may not acknowledge him, but people know when Jesus is on the scene. And so Jesus, he's doing his thing all over the place. And this man, it's possible that he doesn't recognize Jesus. Maybe he's heard about him. Watch this. Maybe he's blind. Maybe he couldn't see Jesus and therefore he didn't know that's who this really was. And so again, because we don't know his diagnosis, we're unclear. So it just puts us in the, in the position of just guessing and trying to figure out from the clues that are given what possibly may be his ailment. But it could be possible that he had been so contained in this place. He had been so wrapped up in his condition, watch this, and his surroundings, that he didn't recognize the person that was stepping into his life that could change it forever. 
And I would say it is very possible for us to get so wrapped up in what we're going through. It is so possible for us to get wrapped up waiting, on for, waiting for something to happen that we can miss everything that is going on around us. We can miss the very people that God may be bringing into our lives to bring the change, to bring the miracle. But we don't recognize it that way because in our minds we have conceived a plan that this is the way it should work. This is the way it could work. This is the only way I think it can work because that's the length of my understanding and therefore if it doesn't show up like that it must not be for me and this is the danger of waiting on an event because events can come and go there are a lot of events that you have attended in your life and you forgot about it there were weddings that you went to at one point and you don't even remember it there were weddings I went to and I remember them because they were passing out catfish fingers those are the weddings you remember There are other weddings where it's the little finger foods and you got to hold your pinky out when you eat it. You forget those. No offense if you had that at your wedding. But feed people. Anyway, let's get back to this. Sometimes we can get just contained with the condition of our life. Get contained just with our people, those people. That's it. Those are the only people. Get Wrapped up with our jobs, our careers, our calendars, our planners. That we can't see that there might be an answer right there. And it just may be outside the boundary of our weekly schedule. It may be outside the circle of friends that we have. It may be just right there outside of our way of doing things. And when you look at this story, this man had his ways all figured out. And the answer was right there in front of him. So let's ask this question. What is it that may be possibly holding you back? What may be possibly holding you back? Here's the first thing. Now this one's going to be tough, so hang in there. I figured we'd do the first one, let it be tough, and then we'll move on, okay? What if it's your plans that are holding you back. I know. Listen, this is where people go when you say that. Well, Pastor Wade, you just like spontaneous stuff. You don't like really planning. And so it's easy for you to say that I like my life to be in order. Listen, I might be spontaneous. I'm still in order. I thought you would agree with me, but you don't. <laughs> Trust me, Cynthia wouldn't have stuck around if I wasn't. Okay. She just said correct. Okay. Your plans could be what's possibly holding you back. Now, I know that's tough because we put a lot of effort and a lot of work in our plans, but I'll just say it like this. How many of you would say everything I plan in my life happened exactly to the T all the way to the point that I'm living right now? And none of us can say that. None of us. But yet... We are so gung-ho with our plans that if, you, if anybody ever says anything that challenges our plans, I will bow up on you. I will karate chop you in the neck. I've got this written in green in my planner. It's happening. Big eyes, like staring them down, like, don't mess with me. Got my plans. Wrote my plans in ink. This man made a plan 
to change his life. And he had been working it, watch this, for 38 years. That was his plan. That was his plan to live life to the fullest. And he had been working it for 38 years. And as faithful as he was, watch this, there was no change. There was no change. And I'm not trying to tell you don't plan. I'm just saying write your plans in pencil. That's what I'm saying. Because they're probably going to change. And 38 years down the road, this man, he's having an encounter. He's, had a, he's waiting on an event, but now he's having an encounter. So watch this. We plan with the idea of achievement. And we have these goals because we want to live a full life. So this man's plan was to get in a pool when the angels stirred the water. That's his plan. That's his plan. I'm going swimming. And I just need the angel to come. When he comes, I'm going to get in. But we see how his plan's working from the scripture because for 38 years, he still hasn't gotten in the water yet. Like still. I don't know, was the water too cold? I mean, there's a lot of reasons that people don't take steps. Was it fear? What is, what is it that's holding you back? Could it be your fear? Maybe your plans have been shaped by your fears instead of your faith. That's tough stuff. That's why I wanted to say it first. The plans to get married, the plans to have a child, the plans to get a new job, plans to travel, plans to go to college. Maybe your family's breaking apart. Maybe you're making plans to get a divorce. I know this is real stuff, but there are plans that are being made. Maybe to get a new house, maybe to sell your house. Maybe you're driving a clunker and you're like, that's it. I need a new car. And so you have all these plans that you're trying to make right now because you believe that if I, if I, if I do this, it's going to change my life. It's going to change everything. And I would say this. All of these things are a part of our life. I need you to hear this. But it's not all of your life. It's a part of it. But without Jesus, and watch this, all these parts can fill certain pieces of your life. A marriage can fill a part of your life. A child can fill a part of your life. An education can fill a part of your life. All of these different goals, they can fill a part of your life. But if you add up all of their, those parts, it still leaves you wanting. It still leaves you in a position of need. It still leaves you with a hole that needs to be filled. And only Jesus can fulfill your life. Only Jesus, watch this, only Jesus can make you whole. Only Jesus can give you the fulfilled life that you're looking for. So watch this. Our plans, they're not necessarily bad because we're all strategizing, trying to figure out what I need to do to take the next step. What is it that God wants me to do? But I will say this, that if our plans do not include Jesus, no matter how successful we become, we are never going to live life to the fullest. There's always going to be a wanting. There's always going to be a longing and a desire. You can accumulate wealth. You can get all of the accolades. You can reach this level in your company. You can have kids. You can have marriage. You can have a good family portrait that makes it on the front cover of one of these neighborhood magazines even. And all of that stuff will still leave you wanting because only Jesus can be the one that will fulfill and satisfy everything 
that you want in your life. Only Jesus. So watch this. So when Jesus showed up, he didn't realize that Jesus was the answer because he was so intent on fulfilling his plan. But Jesus had a plan for him. You got your plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So this man had a plan to get in, but Jesus comes and says, get up. Now, he had the first word right, which is get. We getting something. But he thinks, get in, and Jesus comes and says, get up. That's a difference. Because a lot of us, we like to get in the bed, but we don't like to get up from the bed. Come on, that's a big amen right there. We want to get in, but we don't want to get up. His plan was to get better, but that plan was holding him back. 38 years working the plan. Nothing was happening. Here's the second one. Listen, these are challenging. I apologize. I know it's a holiday weekend. You didn't want full force message. You wanted something encouraging. Let's go to the beach. Okay, here's the second one. What's possibly holding you back? Your plans. Number two is your people. Your people. People. Whoever are your friends, that's what your future looks like. Um, we're firm believers that life is better together. In fact, we tell you don't do life alone. And this man definitely wasn't doing this alone because there were people gathered all around him. And this man's circle of friends obviously had changed whenever he started going out there every day. And because of his plans, he was now around, watch this, he was now around people who were hurting all the time. So without even realizing it, because you're around people who are hurting all the time, your perspective comes from hurt instead of from healing and wholeness. And so you see everything from the perspective of being hurt, and if you're hurting it causes us to react differently than when you're healed. If you have a headache and people are singing in the car, it used to sound really, really nice. And now, even though they may be talented, you just don't want to hear it. All right? Or somebody's wanting to have a conversation with you, and you really, really want to talk about that, but because you're hurting, I don't want to hear that right now. And that did not come out the way you wanted come out because now you got a whole new conversation you need to have later on but because you're hurting it has put you in a position to represent yourself in a way you didn't want to be represented and so this man's circle of friends changed because of his plans and now he's around hurt people and he's around the way that it's described in the scripture he's around people who are blind and I love it, let me just say it like this people who can't see let me say it like this. They lack vision. They interpret things by their feelings, their senses. Now, you may not be friends, particularly with someone who has lost their eyesight, but that doesn't mean that you're not friends and influenced by people who are blind. Because they may not have vision. The only vision they have is for the weekend. 
and you're trying to figure out how to build a life, but yet we're circling ourselves with people who just know how to plan a weekend. Happy Independence Day. That was stronger than what I thought. Anyway, back to the message. Then there's lame, the lame. And they are, they're trying to walk, but they can't move as quick because there's something that has hurt them. And so there's a limp. There's, a, there, there's something that has hurt them. And in fact, whenever they try to move, it hurts them. So whenever it's time to take that next step, they won't take it because it hurts so much to take the next step. And I'm talking about a step of faith here. I'm not just talking about a physical ailment. I'm talking about when it comes to a faith step that you know it's something you need to do, but yet we're circled by people who are hurting. And watch this, because of our loyalty to the relationship, we don't want to leave them, so we'll stay with them. Because we don't want to be rude, because we know the stories of everybody who rolls out on their friends. But what if it's just time for that person to take a step themselves? But it's so hard for them. Hey, let's get a cart for them. If you can get up and go get a cart, you can come pick them up. I mean, there's a story in Mark chapter 2 where four guys get a mat and they put a guy on it and they brought him to Jesus. I mean, this stuff happens in the Bible. So don't look at me like I'm inconsiderate of people who are hurting. I'm very considerate here. I'm just saying that if you just stay where you're at, you can't help anyone. That's what I'm saying, okay? So, so there, there, there could be people in your circle that are lame, and, and, and they just it's too much to move, and so the company means more to you. The company means more to you than the plans of God. Then there's paralyzed, and they really can't go anywhere. In fact, they can't feel anything. They don't feel the pain anymore. They're numb to it now maybe they just have more of a I don't care attitude and so whatever comes their way and you know what I'm talking about I'm not again I'm not talking about physical condition here I'm talking about emotional and spiritual where they don't feel anything and it's this numbness God could be moving the Holy Spirit could be working oh I didn't feel anything that church service was a drag today and you're like oh my God almost went down there and gave my life to Jesus again I, 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 I thought music was loud they ran out of coffee when I went back there during the third song. Goodness. I don't know why y'all are laughing. So it's interesting that Jesus asked him if he wants to get well, and he says, I have no one to help me. Because even though he's circled by all these people, no one can help him. And it's possible to have people in your life that helps comfort you, but will never help change you. Wow. His circle at one time was support to help him cope with this. But now it's just a group of people they can sit around and complain with. Goodness gracious. Can you see the possibilities of this unfolding right here? It used to be so supporting because I'm sure they welcomed him. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe they saw him as competition. What are you doing here? I was here first. The angel comes, I'm getting in. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I do know that the people in your life can either help you go or they can help you stay. And sometimes those people, sometimes the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed are not the people around you, it's me, myself, and I within you. 
Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes it's the old us that tells us things that it's never going to work because look at your track work. It never worked before. There's the futuristic you that says, go for it. You could do it, but uh, I don't know. Because the present you is screaming, I don't feel like it today. And it's a battle within. So watch this. Before you go send a Dear John letter to all your friends, make sure you contact the friends within and deal with them first. Because there's a possibility that history will repeat itself and you'll wind up with the same kind of friends because me, myself, and I is looking for people who accommodate them, not people that change them. Seriously. This is strong. The people. The best people to have in your life are people that help you see Jesus in all situations. That's the people that we need. People that will help me to see Jesus. They will Watch this. They will listen to you. And let you pour it all out. They will let you vent. They will let you lose your mind. That's a good friend. If you don't have a friend that will let you lose your mind, we're going to help you. Because you need somebody. I'm telling you, you need somebody to lose your mind with. And they not look at you like they're crazy. Seriously. Because at some point, you're going to lose your mind. And at the end of it, the friend just says, all right. Anything else? Okay, I'm glad you got that out. Because I want you to know, even though you feel that way, you and I both know Jesus got a plan for your life. Come on. And listen, if you're that friend that, don't let, that won't let that person lose their mind, what's wrong with you? Because you are one little event, one can't get a parking spot event away from losing your mind in front of people you don't need to lose your mind in front of. You are one meal at a restaurant wrong from going crazy on a young girl in college just trying to pay her way through college and you're going to lose your mind on her because you don't have a friend that you can go crazy on. This is not Mr. Rogers' world here at Emerge. I'm just saying. I don't, I mean, I'm just telling you, I do think you got to have a friend that you can lose your mind on and then they just bring you back to Jesus. Amen? Some of you are like, I need to talk to somebody the day after church. Y'all be calling me like, can I lose my mind for a moment? Sure, go for it. You start saying, hold on, let's stop now. That's a little bit much. <laughs> so watch this. Just like you want people in your life that will help you see Jesus in all situations, the best friend that you can be to somebody, watch this, the best parent that you can be to your children, the best family member you can be to your family, the best spouse you can be, all the above is the person that helps them see Jesus. If you help them see everything else, you only help them feel a part of their life. But if you help them see Jesus in all situations, you will help them live life to the fullest. Because now they're looking to him instead of just, watch this, events. Events are great, but I just firmly believe that an event with Jesus is better than an event without him. Seriously. It's better with Jesus than without him. Here's the last thing that I think could be holding us back. Yes, could be your plans, could be your people, but I think this one's the tough one really to be honest with you, is your perspective. And that's how we see it. Pain has a way of affecting our perspective. 
Great things can be happening in a person's life, but if they're hurting, not only will they not see it, but they won't even celebrate it. Celebration is important, by the way. When great things happen, we should celebrate them. If you don't celebrate the good things, you'll probably fall apart when the bad things happen. Um, a room like this full of people, no doubt most of us here have experienced some kind of pain in our life. And without realizing it, that pain has helped shape our perspective. Whether it's being hurt in a marriage, hurt in family, hurt in church, wherever, our perspective of that institution changes. You can have one bad experience at a Chili's in one town and just assume that every Chili's is doomed to get you because of that one experience. And that's just not true. Amen? I'm not, I'm not advertising Chili's. I just have had a bad experience at one Chili's in one town and then went to another and had an incredible experience there. And I know that can be hard to believe because I think all of us have had a bad experience at a chain restaurant before and assume they're all bad. And that's not true. I mean, there is one particular McDonald's here in town. Again, not advertising. Just giving you a glimpse into my life. Sausage biscuit for a dollar every day. There is one I will go to. It's a dollar. Don't lose your mind, okay? And I will go to that one because they're fantastic. The customer service is off the charts. They know my name. In fact, the other day I had my daughter. We ordered something else, and the lady asked me, are you sure this is your order? I cannot tell you that every one of those hamburger fast food chains offer that the christian chicken one does but the <laughs> some of you are like what is that chick-fil-a okay not zaxby's okay and it's something though that two people can go to a restaurant and one can have an excellent experience the other can sit there and just tear it apart perspectives it's amazing how much power your perspective has in your life. And it's difficult, watch this, it's difficult to keep our perspective pure when we have experiences. It's difficult. Watch this. When there is an event, when there is a life event that occurs, it changes our perspective. And it's difficult for our perspective to stay pure when we've had those experiences. Or, have people in our life that have had those experiences. Because some of you, you will not go to that restaurant because of what someone told you. You won't even give it a shot. There are people who won't even go to church because of what somebody told them one time. And it could have just been a bad day for them. But yet they just thought that whole church is terrible. All the people in the church, the whole church in the world, the whole world is terrible. And that's just not true. But because of their experience, and watch this, and their influence, one person says it, and it begins to influence other people. And now our perspective is shaped by it. And what if, what if that was the place? What, was that, what if that was the, the place that we would meet with Jesus and it would change our life? But because our perspective was so messed up that we wouldn't have the meeting place. 
What if? I'm throwing this out because I think there's a lot of things that are holding us back that, that we don't recognize. We think it's people that are holding us back when really it's, it's me, myself, and I. It's my perspective. It's my problem. It's my prerogative. It's all of my issues that have shaped my perspective that leaves me right here saying, y'all don't know, but I do. And it's got to be on my terms. And Jesus is sitting there saying, hey, you want to get well? You want to get well? Been here for 38 years. No one's helping me. Because they can't. Wow. Because they can't. Because in your mind, it's become one way. And no one can figure it out that way. No one. Jesus came and he said this, I am the way. It's possible. If we're not careful, our perspective can cause us to miss Jesus. So watch this. No doubt. We're going to form opinions that shape our perspective. But let's not allow our perspective to cause us to miss Jesus. I want to wrap up here. Verse 8, where Jesus tells the man, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. The story is powerful because we see these different elements that are in play that's affecting this man's life. But you know, this man, he had one thing that comforted him for 38 years. There they were people. He had a plan. He had a perspective. But he sat on that mat every day for 38 years. That made him feel better in his place of need. And sometimes if you get comfortable in a place for too long, you stay there because it's comfortable. You ever laid down and you're just tired and you just laid down any old way? And you slept all night. You woke up the next morning. Your hips were hurting. Like, what? look, that was that hotel bed, by the way. Good Lord. My hips were hurting. Y'all say, I'm getting old. No, that was the bed. I promise you, an infant can sleep on that bed and wake up screaming. It ain't, I promise you, he ain't hungry, and he doesn't need his diaper change. He needs a new place to lay down. Seriously, that thing was painful, man. Cynthia was having dreams about sleeping in a bed that was painful, not realizing it wasn't a dream. It was real. She told me about it yesterday on the way home. It's interesting. This mat, though, has my attention because I wonder what's keeping you comfortable while missing out on all that God has for you. It's interesting that Jesus said, stand up, watch this, pick up your mat and go home. Stand up, pick up your mat. The thing that, is, that, you're, that you're leaning on for comfort in a place where you're not stepping, you're not going anywhere, but it's become your comfort. It, watch this. It's comforting me in my neutral state. I know I should be going. I know I should be stepping. I know I should be growing. But this thing has become my mat. This thing has become the constant in my life. It's like a child with a, a teddy bear. At some point, you can't bring it to school with you anymore. 
Don't laugh. It's true because your teddy bear might be something else. It may be constantly talking to somebody all throughout your day and them giving you some kind of positive reinforcement so you can make it through. Listen, pray without ceasing. Amen? Not text without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. God, I need you. you are you grabbing what I'm saying? Basically, let me sum it up like this. Whatever it is that's keeping you from seeing Jesus is what's keeping you from moving forward. And it's, sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's our problems, but we've got to get past the problems, get past the people, get past the pain, and realize that God is saying, I've got a great life for you. And it may hurt you to move because it's been a while. But if you get moving, you'll run like you've never run before. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you realize it's, it's time to get up, maybe you've been waiting on the event and maybe even praying for the event to occur nothing wrong with praying for it just while you're praying for it don't lose him and don't just see him as someone that makes the event happen see him as the one that fills your life if you're here today and you say Pastor Wade this message was for me today I've been trying to get in but I realize today is time it's time to get up it's time to start stepping. It's time to start walking again. It's time to take that step that I know God's challenging me to take. It's time to leave the comfort zone of a mat and begin to walk on my two feet. It's time to be the man of God, the woman of God that he wants me to be. It's time for me to step out of the comfort zone and step into what God's calling me to do. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet this morning. It's time to take a step. Maybe it's going to ask someone for forgiveness. It's time to take a step. Maybe it's a relationship that you know it's time to move forward with it. And you've been hanging on, you've been waiting, 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 but you know it's going to get comfortable and it's going to lead you down roads you don't need to go, but it's time to take a step. It's time to make a change. Maybe it's time to change some plans. Maybe it's time to change some people. Anyone else, I just want to pray over you this morning. As those are standing, why don't someone just right there by them, just put a hand on their shoulder. Just stand with them today. Just let them know, hey, we're with you. And I just want to pray. Lord, today we thank you that we are not alone. Thank you, God, that you have a good plan for our lives. And sometimes because of all the things that we've been through, we don't see it. And most importantly, we don't see you. And Father, for everyone who's standing today, I pray that in the midst of awaiting an event to occur, that they will see Jesus, that they will see you, Lord. And I pray it will be clear whenever they read the scripture, they won't just be looking for an answer for their dilemma, but they will see you as the answer. That whenever they're listening to that song, trying to find comfort, God, they won't just find a feeling, but they will find you. When they're praying, God, I pray that they will seek you. And Lord, today, I just pray that we will adjust what we're looking to and focus it on you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're reaching out your hand and you're saying, hey, you can get up. You can take that step. And I just pray now, Lord, that we will be encouraged to step instead of just stay put. 
I pray, God, that we will get up and we will leave the mat that that has comforted us, God, so that we can be comforted by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, today I just pray, God, that you will quicken our steps, God. Lord, that you will move in our hearts, God, so that we will start moving with you, that we will truly follow you instead of just waiting on you. So, Lord, today put your people in motion, following you, trusting you, believing you, taking steps with you. No more holding back, but trusting you completely in the name of Jesus.